giving their life to Jesus. And then they're asking the question of like, what do I do from here? And so we're saying like, man, you are about to graduate and a career is basically gonna, gonna drive where you move to next. Like you're gonna go find the job. Why don't you um, allow that decision to to be church plant motivated like make make a moving decision with purpose so you know everybody who came with us it's like hey columbus has jobs and so (laughs) why don't you try and get a job in columbus right and then be a part of our church and be a part of the the movement you're listening to the send columbus podcast a conversation for developing strategies and sharing stories as we plant churches everywhere for everyone your hosts are Sin City missionary Chad Grigsby and church planting catalyst Jason Phillips. Welcome back to the Sin Columbus podcast. My name is Jason Phillips, your Columbus CPC. I am joined by the Charles Chad Grigsby. Nice to Charles, see you, Jason. Good to, see you. good to be here. It's good to be here too. Yeah, we have some exciting guests with us Two. today. Guests. Two. Is this Not our just first? One. I think this is our first Multiple double feature. Guests. That's yeah. That's yeah. Congratulations, wow. guys. It's our first double feature. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. So the we're uh, joined by Luke Peterson and Kyle Sparks from uh, Salt Company and the Capital Church down in uh, on OSU's campus. So welcome, guys. Appreciate Thanks it. for having us. Yeah. We're excited to have you. Um, so first, why don't you guys just start off by telling us a little about yourself and uh, your church planning journey and how you guys ended up at Ohio State. Yeah. I'm, I'm initially from Pennsylvania, right outside of Scranton. Um, so the association is always the office, right? Um, you know, people love that. I always gets a reaction. Like I grew up just outside of Scranton, um, went to college, uh, Bible college in the area, right into seminary. Um, got married to Shaylin after I graduated college. Uh, and so transitioned right from college into seminary and we were married, you know, through that time was working at a church in Pennsylvania uh, running the student ministry. Kyle was working for that same church. We went to the same college. So you guys go way back. Way yeah. back. Come Although on. in college, we weren't friends at all. It was no, like we were kind of running, yeah, running oh, wow. in completely different that? lanes. But um, we started working at the same church and then shared an office, like, mm-hmm. you know, a very mm-hmm. small office with two sharing, desks in it. Sharing an office. It does lead to some really Jason and I once shared an office. Oh, and now we years. work together. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's, be that's careful who you story. share an office with. You yeah, and sometimes it's not even your call. It <laughs> yeah. kind of wasn't our call for a little bit. No. It was like... Um, well, and you know, I honestly, I didn't, I didn't want to share an office with Chad either. When he came here, he had a ponytail. And every single really? day, yes... And every single day I would turn around (laughs) and I would see this ponytail and I would want to go cut that thing off every single day. You know, you've never processed this with me. And so I feel like maybe you should talk to your counselor. (laughs) (laughs) Get right on that, Chad. All right. Um, Sorry, keep going. Yeah. So uh, I was running the student ministry. Kai was doing worship. And uh, I feel like Shaylin and I started like feeling like God was drawing us out of student ministry at the time was high school and middle school. And uh, we didn't exactly know, you know, like where God was drawing us or what he wanted us to do. But I was like two years into seminary with another two remaining and couldn't shake that I thought uh, God was leading us towards church planting. But I also felt like I don't have any idea how to plant a church. Like I come from a a family where my dad was a pastor. Um, My two sisters married pastors. My brother's a pastor. So it was like ministry was definitely a part of like family culture, but nobody in my family had like gone the church planting route. Mm. And so I was really compelled by it, but uh, also felt like I don't, I don't know how to do that. I don't know who to talk to. And 
Um, just naturally, Kyle and I were sharing an office and we were good friends. And so I was just, you know, talking about what I felt God was doing in, in Shaylin and I. And um, Kyle was hearing that. Katie, who's his wife, and Shaylin were also really, really good friends. And so we were spending a lot of time with them. And so I just kind of put everything out on the table, what I thought God was doing and how I didn't have answers and all of that. And Kyle and Katie were like, hey, man, if you and Shaylin decide you want to go plant a church, sign us up like we're in. Um, and so we were good friends, but also like our, our ministry gifts and passions uh, really complement each other. And, and so it was just like, man, I, I wouldn't want to do this with anybody else. So let's at least walk down that road and see what mm-hmm. God has for us. Now, um, before you committed to that, Kyle, you didn't know where that might be. Right. And he's even from Canada. Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm from Canada. Okay. Grew up okay. in southern Ontario, went to school in Pennsylvania. And then, um, but the community that that we had with Luke and Shaylin and like the, you know, the love for them that we had and the, the benefits of just like good community that we were enjoying with each other was like, I, why would I want to put myself in a situation where I don't have that? Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's like, I don't care where we're going. That's awesome. I'm committed to... You know, I want to see, I also want to see gospel movement happen somewhere and I want to do it with you. So it's like, let's do it. Wherever. That's awesome. And we threw around some pretty crazy places <laughs> and we're just like almost testing, like, are we truly open-handed to wherever, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so what were some of those places? Las Vegas was one. Yeah. I, I had played yeah. basketball in high school out there and like loved it when I was out there and mm-hmm. also had some relationships with some people out there and kind of knew the like you know, the harvest is plentiful type of thing. And so to me, that was always like, you know, where we wanted to go to a city that we felt like was really in need of, mm-hmm. of gospel mm-hmm. churches, not like, you know, add our voice to an already saturated place. And mm-hmm. so it was like, what I know of there is that it needs gospel churches. So let's like ask some questions and go there. We actually flew out there, Kyle and I, and um, sat down with a, a pastor there to kind of just like ask some questions. But in that process, we had a friend who was working for Cornerstone Church in Ames, which is like the founding church of the Salt Network, Mm -hmm. another guy we went to college with. And Mm -hmm. so he uh, called us and was like, hey, you know, I hear you guys are considering planting a church. Uh, If that's true, you've got to check out the Salt Network. That call actually came to me on a Saturday night. And we flew out to Las Vegas that Sunday, like the Mm -hmm. next day. And when we it felt like the whole trip out there, I felt confirmation in what God was calling me to in church planting. But I also felt like if the salt, if, if our friends correct, which we kind of had some reason to think he might be mistaken (laughs) just, just by who he was. Um, but if, if he was legit, um, that's gotta be, you know, our, our option a was just pretty surprised at, we wanted to go to a place that was you know, lost, like a city that was lost, but we were also compelled by next generation is kind of where we were at and what we were compelled by. So Mm -hmm. the combination of both in the salt network felt like if that's legitimate, um, that, that would be our, our best option. We think also a place where we would have people would speak into our process and, you know, have years to, to train and get the input and have, you know, a network of people we could call and get in input and advice on all of that led us to be like, I think that's the spot that makes sense mm-hmm. for us to, to move towards. And so we started that conversation and, and they were really gracious to, 
um, offer us jobs to go out to Ames, Iowa, which was in many ways the most random place in the world for me being from the East Coast and from him being from Canada. It's like, he didn't even know where Iowa was, you know. Um, but we went out there and were just super compelled by, by what was happening there and, and felt like this, this would be worthy to give our lives to in a, in a different place. I feel like Iowa is one of those states where you're so like, random. wait, is it, is it above Kansas or is it Idaho, below South Idaho. Dakota? Idaho what? gets confusion. Like, you, you know, you just, yeah, you don't know. Yeah. Geographically. Which I didn't I didn't know like hardly anything about it. Turns out people in Iowa are incredibly nice. Yeah. Like shockingly, shockingly nice people. So it was a good we lived out there for three years, both yeah. of us. So they they brought both of us out, offered Kyle a position to lead worship there at the church, and then cool. um kind of indefinitely do that until we left to plant and then he would he would just come with us. So we were out there for three years, loved it while we were there. But yeah but knew we would be there for a season and ultimately leave and, and plant somewhere else. Yeah. So, so you considered Las Vegas. How did you end up at Ohio state and in Columbus? Yeah, I, I think, you know, cause those two are similar. Yeah. They're basically <laughs> super similar. Right. Like I can <laughs> see, I can see you and, making yeah. that. Although yeah. people Connect. from Las Vegas, they just want to be here for some reason. You know, I don't, we are lead CPC was in Vegas before he came here. Our Ohio Valley regional equipper was in Reno, he's from Vegas before he came okay. here. Well, so those are a couple so of recent there's moves. There's so there's some, yeah. yeah, there's some things yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, the thing that was compelling about Las Vegas is one, I had been there and liked it there. But the other, the, the main thing was we just wanted to go to a city that that needed a gospel right. church, and that was going to be far more compelling than than anything else. And sure. so where we were planting in our network is like right now the salt network is planting primarily in the Midwest. And, you know, we were both in our wives super open-handed to where that was going to be. But we knew like what the salt network does is plants local churches with college ministries um, near major universities. And there's a little over 400 identified in uh, North America. And so we kind of had the options available Mm -hmm. to us, but um, started looking into to some cities that compelled us, which honestly, Columbus was like the first place we looked into. Yeah. We were compelled by Ohio State, compelled by Columbus, mm-hmm. and we never actually evaluated any other place. Hmm. Um, but, you know, we called. I remember talking to you, Chad, like a lot. It feels like a long time ago. That was a while ago, wasn't it? Uh, you and Dean and just was like, you know, we just want to get some input from you guys down here on the ground in Columbus. Like, give us a read on the city. Is there a need for like, you know, another church? Is there a no. need? Yeah. <laughs> um, and we called some, some campus uh, ministry guys here as well to ask some of the same questions because, you know, what we do is a little bit unique in that we're doing a local church that's, you know, multi-generational, but we also have a college ministry. And so, mm. you know, the, the ministry movement on campus was also important for us to ask questions. Like mm-hmm. if that was super saturated, um, you know, then, then likely we would have, you know, gone a different direction, evaluated yep. other cities and campuses. But uh, that whole process was just like, we love it. We, we took a trip out here um, and just absolutely loved the city, loved the campus. Mm-hmm. And then that paired with local pastors and campus people here saying like, please, like, honestly, all the conversations we had, which isn't always true of our network, um, were like, man, please, like, please come out here. We, we love what you're doing. We want what you're doing. Mm-hmm. 
And so it just felt like God had like perfectly aligned where we wanted to go, um, you know, from a ministry standpoint, but also we like loved it here. Mm -hmm. And I, I love sports. And so, you know, Ohio State's naturally compelling from that. And, but there's also, you know, pro sports. So it's like, this is the place I want to raise a family. This is the place I would love to live, you know, as, as long as I'm living, if, if God would have. And so it all just kind of aligned. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do feel like Columbus is not the flashiest choice, you know, if you're looking from a send network standpoint. In fact, there's a church uh, that I recently heard, heard was having a conversation about trying to plant a church in all 32 send cities through send network. And they've done like 28. And of course, we're one of the four that they haven't done yet, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so it's it's sometimes when you think about Vegas or San Diego or Los Angeles or New York or Chicago, you know, there's just all these compelling things. Mm-hmm. But I do think Columbus kind of flies under that radar. However, especially with three send cities in Ohio, you got Cleveland, Cincinnati, and but I do think the need is what is compelling. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a great place to live, all the things you mentioned, but there's just a ton of need here still. In the, and, in the campus, like, yeah, what yeah. we're doing also on the college side, the thing that felt like Columbus was perfect for us, too, is the campus and, like, mm-hmm. the city loves that the campus is here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Columbus is filled with Ohio State fans, and they love college students. And in many ways, the campus drives a little bit of the movement of the city. And so no it was more than just a college town. It was like a city that has, you know, major impact and roots on the campus. And so what we're trying to do, like on the city side and the campus side, like those running together, you know, Columbus was like, man, I, I don't know of a better place that kind of fits what we're passionate about Mm -hmm. um, and what's compelled us than here. So like, let's just, let's do it. Let's keep running the road and asking God for clarity. And we just felt, you know, tons and tons of clarity that this was the spot. Yeah. You've alluded to it a couple of times, this like city side and campus side. Can you just explain a little bit about what Salt Network does in terms of mm-hmm. college campuses? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the vision of the Salt Network is to plant local churches um, that have a focus on the next generation near major university campuses. So all of our churches in the Salt Network, which uh, there are 21, I believe, yeah. right now, um, the, the Salt Network was, like, established, I think, in 2017. Um, there are 21 churches, and now another three are being planted next fall. Um, but all of our churches are near major university campuses, and the vision is, is honestly for us to have a healthy, established, sustained local church um, that also has a, a college ministry um, that's kind of like the driving, the driving force of, of ministry in our church. In fact, we've mm-hmm. made jokes to our church. Like we would cut every other ministry in our church if we needed to, from a budget standpoint before salt company. So like we would stop doing kids, we would stop doing youth <laughs> all before we would stop doing, um, salt company. Um, but we want to be an established local church. Like that's even primarily my job is like lead pastor of the church. And then we've got staff, Harrison and Lydia are their names who are like, uh, director and associate director of Salt Company who just like live and breathe the campus. Yeah. Um, so all of our all of our churches are near major universities, which uh, the like the line we've drawn in major universities is like it's pretty gray. Like there are a ton of exceptions to like it all, but it's roughly uh, campuses that have ten thousand students or more. Kind of like fit the initial criteria, but 
you know, there are major universities that we're at that don't really fit that criteria. That just made sense. It is a major university that may be like a little bit under that or whatever, mm -hmm. but um, Ohio State obviously crosses that mark <laughs> by 50,000. Right, so. right. A little bit. Yeah. Just by a tiny bit. Kyle, talk a little bit about your role in the church, and do you also have a role in Salt Company as well? Yes, yeah, so I'm the worship pastor of our church, and I lead worship on Sunday mornings um, and Thursday nights. Okay. Um, yeah, so just trying to cultivate a really healthy worship culture, which we feel like really passionate about as a church, um, really because we believe that we can't, you know, we can't have a heart for the things of God if we don't have a proper view of who he is. You know, mm -hmm. like we can't, it, we're going to have a really hard time being convinced of mission and kingdom advancement if we have a really small view of who he is and, and are worshiping him improperly or, or not well as a church. And so, um, you know, even what Luke was saying is like the, you know, part of the beauty of what we love about the Salt Network is seeing college students who are um, plugged into a local church and are being raised up through a local church. Um, and so what I have the privilege of doing is leading worship in both environments and trying to cultivate and create and really teach students and our community members beautiful truths of who the Lord is and good things about the gospel through song uh, and try to keep it consistent across the board of our church. And um, yeah. And, and I think one of the cool things about Kyle's role is like literally our our salt company students feel like Kyle's the worship pastor of our church and like mm -hmm. salt company feels like like they're a part of the college ministry of the capital church yeah. it's not you know its own thing so even having a lot of that crossover yeah that helps I think it's been really helpful for students yeah. makes sense. Um, to get to know Kyle and to see him in both environments and feel like you know, he, he's a pastor in both environments because he's a pastor of this local church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, has, has been really helpful for what we're ultimately trying to do. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Keeps a good pulse on where the church is at, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, while you guys are here, I mean, since you work primarily with the next generation, with college students, maybe would you just share just maybe um, some things that church leaders, church planters should know about college students and um, maybe some ways that they can be effective in reaching this next generation yeah i i think i think sometimes older generations can give younger generations like the like a bad reputation i have felt that as a millennial always it's right. like millennials are never talked we're well of by class. the generation of <laughs> we're blamed for everything and it's like we're almost 30 40 years old by yeah, now like, we, yeah. <laughs> blame gen z they're yeah. the real problem um, <laughs> and so i think that's even true you know of the upcoming generation is yeah. there you know there's a lot of stereotype with like what's true of them but but what we found just over and over and over with next generation is if if they have something that's worthy of giving their life to like they absolutely will um and even college students like a lot of them even at ohio state it's like they're giving their life to what they value most and they're very um even aggressive towards pursuing that and so if that's if that's career if that's relationships like they're doing what they need to do to give their life to that and um, so we're, what we're trying to do even on the college campus is allow the gospel and kingdom advancement to be the thing that they see as worthy of their life. Mm -hmm. And in our story, even of our church is we moved here with like roughly 50 people, all of which have come from a salt company in our young twenties who just felt like 
kingdom advancement was worthy of their life. And so they're, they've left and sacrificed so much. Like they've left family, they've left comfortability from all kinds of different places. They've left friends. They came here without knowing career paths and jobs and Mm -hmm. all because they were compelled to give their life and leverage what they can to see the gospel go forward. And we think that's true of Gen Z as well. It's just like, what's true of the next generation is what they value. They'll give their life towards. And um, that has really driven our network, honestly, yep. is uh, the passion and courage and sacrifice of the next generation to just say, I, I'm willing to leave what what I need to leave graduating college and leverage, you know, this season of life to, you know, to advance the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that's been that's been huge. It, like we have felt awesome. like the Salt Network is almost accidentally stumbled into like a church planting machine in college ministry because we're asking students who in their college experience are being introduced to a gospel that they that hadn't compelled them before giving their life to Jesus and then they're asking the question of like what do I do from here and so we're saying like man you are about to graduate and a career is basically going to going to drive where you move to next like you're going to go find the job why don't you um, allow that decision to, to be church plant motivated, Mm -hmm. like make, make a moving decision with purpose. So, you know, everybody who came with us, it's like, Hey, Columbus has jobs. And so (laughs) why don't you try and get a job in Columbus right? and then be a part of our church and be a part of the, the movement here. And so, you know, our church is hilariously young. Yeah. Um, But it's just because pretty much everybody who came with us, like, just graduated college or graduated within the last, like, year or two. Um, Well, it feels, it almost feels like an axe thing, right? Where people, it's like they're coming to see the beauty of Jesus and they're like, this is incredible. This is the best thing I've ever heard. Completely changes their lives. And they're like, what's the next step for me? I I should just go somewhere and tell people about him. And so, you know, for them, being in college, they're like, okay, I graduate. I can get a job anywhere. Mm. You know, I can do anything. I'll just go wherever the next church is going and try to help them start a church and a salt company there and reach community members and campus with the gospel. Because a lot of them feel like somebody brought the gospel to me Mm -hmm. here and it was somebody else's sacrifice that I know the gospel. And so it feels very natural for them to say, because somebody brought the gospel to me, who am I bringing the gospel to next? And so it doesn't feel like a big ask to come to Columbus because it's like, Yes, yeah, somebody made decisions that there was a salt company on your college campus. Somebody sacrificed to make that happen, to bring you the gospel that's changed your life. And so you should feel compelled to bring that to another campus, um, in another community, in another neighborhood, another apartment complex, like another job location. Um, and so they're like, yeah, like I'm, you know, I'm in. So we've got a lot of churches, it feels like every year planting in our network and it's just totally driven, you know, with students going who are graduating. We had one kid transfer mm-hmm. from Iowa State to Ohio State who was just compelled to bring the gospel to a new campus as a student. And so he left like full scholarships wow. at Iowa State to transfer to Ohio State to just be a part of Salt Company here. So um, that's what I feel like is, is honestly true of the next generation is, is willing to, to mm-hmm. give their life to what they think matters most. Um, but some of the, some of like the strategy piece, you know, that you're asking of like, what, what do we do? Um, 
something I think about often is like our, our services acknowledging that students are there and like communicating that we actually love students and want them there. Because mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes next generation can feel like they're the, they're the rowdy crew, they're the like rough around the edges crew. Um, but we, we make like pretty specific statements all the time. Um, that like, we, we love that you're here. Like I just, this past Sunday, it's like now students are leaving and that greatly impacts like our church <laughs> right, you know, right yeah. now. And, you know, I, I honestly feel like Columbus is better with students in it. And I feel like our church is better with students in it. And I want them to know that, that it was, it was honestly a love for college students that compelled us to plant a church here. They're not our only vision in Columbus, but they are part of our vision. And so when they're, when they're at church, when they're involved in the things that we do, mm-hmm. we actually love that and want that. And, and we've done a lot to make that available for them. Even where we're meeting is because we want to be accessible to students. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're in a theater that's, you know, like right across the street from campus, you know, functionally. And, and so some of those decisions we've made to try to, you know, help students understand we love you, we're here for you. We've actually created this for your benefit. Um, and so whatever you bring to the table, like story, messiness, w- whatever you think that is, we want that. Yeah. And, and we want to walk with you and love you. And um, so th- that, that's like overlying, like what we're, what we're trying to do. But, you know, it, it sometimes has to take a lot of creativity of Harrison and Lydia to um, get to students and to have relationships, partly because the, the types of students we're trying to reach aren't looking for us. Um, and so they've come up with some like incredible, yeah. honestly, and, and hilarious ways to just get in relationship with students. And like, they brought a bunch of puppies on <laughs> campus, like the first week of school. Hey, I've, I went to Ohio state. That's a thing. Like people rent puppies, specifically men to meet women because because they'll be like, Oh, cute puppy. And then they start talking like, conversation. Wow. Yes. It was a, it was a thing when I was there. So. Yeah. So, so they've done that. And like, I went and checked it out at one point and I'm, I'm not getting hundreds of students. <laughs> yeah. And, and awesome. so like the, you know, the people in our church that are primarily serving with Saul company, like leading campus groups and in a mm-hmm. part of the Thursday night college gathering, they're there just like, you know, interacting with students, talking about, because this is our first year. So it's like everything is kind of from scratch, both on the campus side and the church side. And, mm-hmm. and so they've, they've gotten really creative at how to, you know, engage, build relationships with students and um, invite them into a place where they're going to hear, you know, the gospel often and have a community that can walk forward with them through the whole process. Yeah. So. I think even we communicate as a core value of our church, next generation, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that that's communicated on Sunday morning is communicated on Thursday night. It's communicated in our social media. It's, you know, even in the songs we sing, the way we structure our services, it's consistent from salt company to Sunday morning. You know, we're singing the same songs and we're doing Mm -hmm. the same kind of thing, same band, same band. um, And we're just trying to be consistent across the board that, we believe that, you know, as a church, we are burdened with the next generation. Yeah. So yeah. everything we do is kind of aimed towards that. Cool. Yeah, I love that. Um, so you guys have been on the campus now for a semester. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk a little bit about some of the things that God has done that have just been those kind of God moments or things that you didn't anticipate. Kyle, why don't you start, and then Luke, you yeah. give a little bit. Um, well, I— 
Yeah, it's, I mean, being at this point now and rem- like remembering what our kickoff was like, mm-hmm. um, it just feels like a miracle that we have consistent students coming to Salt <laughs> Company and people are coming to our church. You know what I mean? Um, and so, I, and I think even that is just a testament to the fact like we there is no gimmicks in in the sense of like we are not a flashy church. We don't you know we're meeting in a in a theater. Uh, we're not, you know, load and load out, load and load out. It's really not like a really super produced thing. Um, so there's really no gimmicks or tricks to try to attract students. And yet they're coming and they're plugging into a church, into a campus group, into community, and they're wanting to stay Mm -hmm. and we're seeing lives changed. Um, you know, and, and even like we're, we're sending students this summer overseas, um, to do what, like two two months or something. Yeah, of two months. It's it's what we're trying to do nationally. We're also trying to do in the Salt Network internationally, and so we've got students going international, you know, to get onto college campuses in different parts of the world, and, yeah. and just try and meet students and talk about the gospel. So amazingly, we have Ohio State students going right. to do that. Well, and, and that's I think a testament of what God's been doing through our church and through our our you know college ministry is just that. Um, you know, if you asked me in August, do you think you'll have any kind of capacity to send? Like, no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we're trying. Don't even know yeah. that kid. Right. Yeah. Like we're trying yeah. to just build a healthy thing here. And, you know, it's for what, three, four months, whatever we've been mm-hmm. doing this. And to have students who have already signed up and are going through training to be sent overseas mm-hmm. this summer to replicate what they've experienced at Ohio State this mm-hmm. semester mm-hmm. at a university campus overseas is uh, just the work of God. Yeah, I think there's a tendency for churches to think, especially COVID era, yeah, that survival is most important. And, you know, we'll get to sending later. But I think to hear you talk about we're already having this sending capacity because it's kind of part of your DNA. Mm-hmm. You two guys were willing to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel God called you here, you came here. Other students are leaving places, coming here. Mm-hmm. There is this sending culture. Mm-hmm. I think more of our churches need to realize that does it, you don't have to be big. You don't have to have a lot of money. It doesn't have to be flashy, but you should be sending now. And I love that that's already a part mm-hmm. of your culture. Yeah, and I would say another benefit of college ministry is they're already natural goers, Yeah, you know, yeah. where we can say, hey, there's a church plant going here in our network you should graduate and try and get a job there. And it's like they're already in a major transition that it's like I think with purpose we can help guide them to, yeah. Yeah. you know, make a kingdom decision. But, um, you know, to piggyback back off of what you're saying, I, th- there's a story of a kid who um, started coming to Salt Company, started coming on Sunday mornings, and there was a time when I, I noticed an older couple uh, at church on Sunday morning, which – again, it's not, it's kind of rare. It's like my parents moved here to be a part of it as well, who are in their low sixties. But other than them, we like don't have much age. Um, but it, but it was a, it was parents that I knew it's like, okay, you're seemingly parents of college students. And so I went up in, and started talking to them and, you know, the parents very emotionally talked about their son who is, you know, a part of Salt Company and comes on Sunday morning is a kid they've been praying for for years. Of, of all of their kids wow. was one who didn't have much of an interest in the church, didn't have much of an interest in the gospel, and them coming to visit him at Ohio State, they are planning on taking him to breakfast, and he said, um, why don't we do lunch because I'm 
going to church on Sunday. Like you guys can come with me. And they were like, what in the world is happening? And so they talked to me very emotionally about how so many years of prayer, like he gets away from home in a time that feels most vulnerable. Like this is the time the high school kids leave the church. And this is the time they make the worst decisions of their life. And yet that point, you know, he got reached, he got connected. And he's a guy that's really been pushing a baptism service you know, which is we're, we're going to have to get creative. It's a little bit trickier and like, you know, the rented movie theater, but <laughs> we're, the we're figuring winter. it out. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we, we've got to figure it out because, um, you know, guys like him are kind of putting pressure on us. Like, you know, Jesus changed my life. This is, I need to do this, but it's, it's always very fun for us to hear like, you know, the, the reason next generation makes sense, even though it costs money, even though the college kids are never going to like pay for, you know, their position in the church or whatever, like it costs a lot of money and takes a lot of sacrifice. Yet those, those students and those stories of like grandparents praying about this kid for years mm-hmm. and, and going to the most vulnerable time where it's like the, the kid can totally make whatever decisions they want and to see salt company, a local church, reach him there mm-hmm. and bring him in and then give him purpose and direction for the rest of his life. It's like, we have those stories that makes us feel like, you know, even a semester in, yeah. like, man, I'm just going to continue to give my life to this. And even as I, you know, get older and my preferences become a little bit different than the next generations, it's like, this is the worthy sacrifice. So we can continue to have that kid yeah. in our baptismal tank and, mm-hmm. you know, those parents sending us, you know, emails and coming to our service. And even um, guys, like, I mean, I, I remember hearing stories a couple weekends ago, a, we were doing a like a fall conference for our students, and uh, there was a group of guys. I was cleaning up some stuff. They were talking, and I heard the one guy just talking about like, I, I, I came to college to like, so like ready to party, and I'm done with church life. I'm done with whatever Christianity is. He's like, I got randomly invited to Salt Company. I don't, you know, just came, and he's like, now I'm in a position where it's like, I didn't think I wanted to, but I really want to follow Jesus. Everything Jesus is calling me into, I want, you know? And so it's, and he would even say like, at some point in the semester, I became a follower of Jesus. I just don't know when, you know, um, which is like a really cool, you know, there's a couple guys who were sharing stories like that. It's like, wow. You know? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, we love what you guys are doing. And I was going to say yeah. this earlier, but I mean, I love what you're doing for really for three years. And first of all, I love Ohio state my my campus i went there and so i love that you guys are reaching there um, i think too like what i really love is that you're not just doing this parachurch ministry thing but there's a mm-hmm. church attached to it because i was involved in a parachurch at ohio state and most of my friends were not involved in any sort of local ministry context and so i think it's really cool that y'all have kind of both things um kind of connected and then the third thing is i feel like you give people a next step after they graduate, mm-hmm. which I felt like for me and my parachurch ministry experience, it was like we graduate and it's like you either go on staff or there's nothing else for you. Mm-hmm. And I love that you guys have created this culture of like, okay, well, your next step is to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And um, when we did the calls, we helped you guys. For those of you who don't know, we helped them. Uh, the mm-hmm. people they were bringing find jobs kind of in Columbus. and Which was enormous, by huge. the way. Yeah. I mean, that in many ways I feel like we couldn't have planted here in a healthy way without your guys help. That's cool. But one of the things that was, I I did the one with the teachers and we had a local um, guy who works for one of our local uh, school districts on there. And after the call, he was like, I can't believe what these kids were saying coming out of college. Like they're just willing to give up everything to come here. And Mm. it just, 
it was really, really, it made a really big impression on him, um, the way that um, these people just really wanted to follow God's call in their life so young. Um, and so all that to say, we're super grateful for what you guys are doing. Thank you guys for joining us on the podcast, yeah. and um, we're excited to see what God continues to do in yeah. and through you guys. I, and we want to continue to say thank you, yeah. and, and honestly, we wouldn't be in the place we're in without the Send Network and the mm-hmm. relationships and, and the support, and so we love you guys. and are Yeah, really very, thankful. Very appreciative of you. Same here. We're just thrilled we get to be a part of what God's doing, a small part of what God's doing through you, so it's a real, it's a real joy to get to partner together. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking out today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And remember, every church is a multiplying church in the making.